Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And this week's no exception is we go back to 1996 to see or to revisit Scream, the slasher from Wes Craven. A, f- a film, let's be honest, is transcendent in nature. It was a slasher flick when we genuinely thought slasher flicks were dead. They'd been piled into the ground with Jason goes to Hollywood as a makeover, gets a job as a cafeteria assistant, stabs someone, runs away, DVD. And fucking and then follow that with fucking Freddy does Jason in the back garden with a hose. It, they were fucking ridiculous, mate. The bins were full of them. One pound ninety nine. You could get these ridiculous adventures that would never end. And then someone, some idiot, thought, Do you know what would work? Slasher film. And it did. It fucking did, mate. And I, I don't know about you, but what rewatching Scream this week was a pleasure. Oh man, massively. Sometimes we do these shows, we take on these episodes, and we think, "Oh, that's a chore this week." In my, you know, limited time that I've got available <laughs> in between my work, life. <laughs> yeah, between work and kids and stuff like that, I've got to watch Labyrinth or something or Dark Crystal. <laughs> and then this week, it's like, "Oh no, Scream!" Yeah, yeah, I'll revisit that because. I've always held a gripe, and if any, any long-time listeners of this show will, you know, hear us go on time and time again, that we were done wrong in our yes. coming-of-age movie was Why? American Pie. There you go. You know, we were done wrong with that. You know, you think of the films that people get nowadays, or different generations get as their coming-of-age. We got bloody American Pie, which Never wasn't good go, then, and it isn't good now. But what we did get was a great slasher movie, and you've you've summed it up perfectly. A time when. You know, the only films that were coming out were ridiculous the seven, eights. The final slash or the final killing or something. I remember that one. It was yeah. fucking hell. And Scream brought horror back to the cinema. And then Dimensions, the film company, would go on to start making films like I Know What You Did Last Summer. And yeah. Halloween H2O came out and Bride of Chucky. Back. And all these things started coming back to cinema and not straight to DVD. And Scream is a brilliant, brilliant movie. We're going to dissect. We're going to look at the franchise. We're going to look at the highs and lows we're going to chop you know, it up. Scream. We're going to chop it up and put it under Slice the microscope. Slice and dice. Yeah. As we do, and as is our way uh, of this podcast. If you like it, don't forget to subscribe. You can get a new episode each and every week. And if you are a long-time listener, do leave us a review. Do let us know that you're listening. Do write to us, DM us. Slip into our socials, whatever Ooh. you want to do. Let us know what you think about the movie Scream from 1996. Um, it was released in the UK, though, in 97 on the 2nd of May. Ah, oh, fucking hate that. <laughs> Currently has a 7.4 um, rating on IMDb, 80% of Rotten Tomatoes, and 86% on Google Reviews, which Ooh. Google Reviews Ooh. and Amazon <laughs> the, are the best reviews. I was going to say, the misunderstood reviews. They're Everyone so- goes with your tomato fresh. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Uh, the film was directed, as we said, by by a reluctant Wes Craven. He did not. He thought, just like we did, and he was correct, that the horror genre was up its ass, and he was like, "I do not want to be associated with this mess." He said it was too violent as well, too gory. He did, um, because obviously, based on the true story, <laughs> killings um, originally envisioned as a short story, hmm. and was kept in the back pocket of a woman being stalked over the phone by, I believe, is the Gainesville Ripper was the real yeah. life case. Yeah, Gainesville Ripper. It's um, screenplay was yeah, as you say, Kevin. Kevin Williams it was supposed to be a short supposed to be a, a stage play one act kind of film would have been you know quite a horrifying, terrifying act. Yeah. yeah you know it's, it, it, we're talking about that opening sequence with Drew Barrymore um, you know being the, the the what the premise was but then it was drawn out into more of a um, full three act uh, feature length movie intended to go out to cinemas and um, 
as you've already said, yeah, Gainesville Ripper inspired Daniel Rowling, who killed eight students on a murder spree over the course of four days um, by mutilating victims, stabbing victims. Mm. <clears throat> um, yeah, very on the nose of what was happening in real life around that time. Inspired this. And this, horror often is is rooted, isn't it, in real evil? It is, but it's one of those things. It's, I don't like things. I know that about you, Jen. <laughs> don't like things. Uh, uh, the Zac Efron film, where he plays a very charming, is it Temple Bundy who's in that? The Zac Efron one. The yeah. shockingly wicked, yeah, evil, that one. The, uh, tremendously Don't like something. that because it's based on reality and I don't feel that that sort of glorification <clears throat> upsets me. However, something inspired by something is fine with me because you need to tell a certain story. And I know that's hypocritical. And I know where's the line, and that's me just being probably a pansy, but that's how I believe. You can't change those core beliefs about yourself. We I, can't learn as a society unless we study these things. That's I think. true. I suppose, you, that's I suppose true. you're right. If you're manipulating it into entertainment, mm. if you're taking someone's tragedy and some horrific events and trying to make money off it, um, then I think you're right. <laughs> and weirdly, the point I've just made is the point of the Scream franchise. How weird is that? And one thing that we're skirting around the issue of it, they do two things, and we're definitely going to talk about them more in depth. But they basically, I hate in films that are, there's a dialogue in a game. When if someone in the game character says, oh my God, why are you talking like we're in a video game? I'm instantly out. You've killed my interest in this by acknowledging that. In this, the characters basically openly reference that they're in a horror film. Mm. But it works in this film because they use the tropes to subvert the storyline. Yeah. Which is awesome. And it is a roller coaster of that. You know, you have characters. We're going to go into the scripts and screen and the actors shortly. But Neve Campbell's character is Sydney Prescott, the, the you know the the heroine of the piece. Um, you know who we follow on 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 throughout the course of the movie. You know, goes from scenes of saying, "I hate scary movies; they're dumb." And there's a broad who runs up the stairs when she should be running out the running door. Out the door. Very next scene, she's running up the stairs. Yes, and it, it, it's so it's almost. I'm not going to say it's a black comedy, but it's. I, I I agree with what you're saying. It references, it lives, it exists in a world where the people in the film have seen horror movies, which yes. is so rare. <laughs> you know, when you get someone who's like, oh, there's a noise outside at night. I'm going to go investigate. Have you never seen a horror film? <laughs> everyone everyone has a role and like the character Randy is a narrator. Cliche man. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is phenomenal. And the second part is, and I love this show because you get to know interesting facts. A circle appeared in this film. What do you mean? What, what happened here? Wes Craven did not want to do this film. Real life villain, head of Dimension Studios, not going to mention his name because I just told you, I don't feel like we should glorify real life. He's like anyway. Voldemort. If you say his name, it makes him stronger. <laughs> exactly. So we'll just say a person in Dimension's films went everywhere. Didn't feel like anyone could do it justice. And Wes Craven wasn't touching this because he thought this, heart, this entire genre was dead. Someone had taken out back and carved it up. Until he heard that Drew Barrymore had read the script and Drew Barrymore was definitely interested in this film. Drew Barrymore, an A-lister at this time, mm. tickled Wes Craven's pickle. Wes Craven gets on board because Drew Barrymore was on board. Drew Barrymore was on board because she heard Wes Craven would be on board. They both fell in love with the script when they actually read it. Something happened casting-wise. Horror films were the genre that got you into movies. They were the ones that basically... Johnny Depp in the first Nightmare on uh, Elm Street... That's his first role. He uses that. He then gets into or one of his first roles. I believe it's his first role. I know he's on TV and stuff for that. But it's, it gets his role, sticks him up into A-lister. That's what horror films were designed to do. They basically spent all their money on... Horror films are notoriously tried to make it as cheap as possible. Yeah, low budget. So yeah. they pick no names. Screen picked, big actors, but especially big actresses. They picked Neve Campbell, who was hot at the time with... Um, she was definitely getting it. But the biggest one at the height of Friends fame. 
Old Monica Geller herself. Courtney Cox, yeah. Courtney Cox. Who had to fight for the role, apparently. Yes, because because she wanted a bitch role. She mm. wanted to be a bitch. And they were like, no, you're too nice on Friends. I was like, have you seen? Monica's one of the most, lead, like, like, the most least likable characters <laughs> on that show. Give us Phoebe. Anyway, they put big budget into actors. And what happened? You You got a better story. It wasn't... And you have said time and time again, mate, it's your mantra. This isn't one of these jokes. You don't mention it every day, like, like mayonnaise. Pay writers more, you get a better mm. storyline. Invest in, invest in the story. Oh, my God, what a change. What a radical, different approach to a slasher Vic was essentially, I don't, what is the deal with Mike Myers? Like, he hates his sister. I still don't know why. Jason, oh, his mum died, I think, in the first film. Mm. Now everyone else has got to die because you touched each other. Yeah, premarital sex. What is he like? The ultimate Christian? Fuck off, Jason. <laughs> Jason voice. <laughs> you little fucking you mama's boy, bitch. <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Okay, I kind of get that one. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, I, I get why he died. That's fine. But slash flicks. With, there was never really a story on it. But survive. How do you survive? Find a magical family. That. Oh my god. And if it's fair to say now, we're going to spoil all of the films. We will try. No, I don't think there's any way to avoid it because we talk about motive. We talk about characters. There is a really good running story through five films about why the predators and the killers do what they do, which is something weird. I love watching Scream to find out why the person did it at the end. And if a, and if a favourite character of mine has to die, fuck it, so be it. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird. It is. And the other things about it, it gave birth to Ghostface, you know, as a character. Yeah. You know, we've done trivia episodes, we've done quiz episodes, and Ghostface, that character, that that isn't original. Wes Craven didn't create that. He found that mask in an attic. That was part of a Halloween costume that you could get at the shops. Um, You know, and said, well, yeah, that'll do. That's scary. That's freaked me out. And we'll use it. Um, But the Ghostface character, again, is being... It's it's awkward now, isn't it? When you think of horror movies that have created original characters, OG characters that are now ingrained in horror. Ghostface is that character. He's up there with or the 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 mask the, is up yeah, there. the mask. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about the Ghostface character while we're on it is very easy to knock down and get on his ass it, or on quite, her ass. Quite possibly one of the worst serial killers There's, in the serial killer genre. You can see of films. why scary movie picked. It to parody <laughs> because you, when you, you rewatch Scream, ninety nine six movie, a lot of a lot of it is he's, he's he's stumbling because they're throwing a plant pot at him. Yes. He's like, oh fuck! <laughs> it just falls there, down. There, there does seem an element of it could be a joke. Like yeah. like if the <laughs> Nemesis corners fucking never seems to take a corner. But he's like, like mate, he's like Big Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck talking to Ron because he fucking runs into everything. If there's anything he'll hear it. Yeah. Scary right, so the original title of this was Scary, Scary Movie, Movie yeah. which is really cool. Then they wanted it to be stabbed. They didn't want it to be screened because it was based on a Michael Jackson other similar it song. Was the, oh, no, it was, it was the other way around. Michael Jackson's hit was uh, around at the time and a certain movie producer that we should not say his name yeah. but has a brother with who's Bob Weinstein um, <laughs> The, the, Probably another animal. We said, <laughs> said to uh, said to change the name to um, to Scream based off the Michael Jackson. Song. I think it worked. It it's much better. And um, yeah, the, the, I mean, we're jumping the gun a bit, but the Rose McGowan scene in the in the um, in the garage when she's getting beer, mm. and he runs at her, and like she uses the fridge to defeat him, and then throws a bottle at him, and it's like, oh, he's he's. Cr-. But then when you when the reveal is who the killers are, they are inexperienced, and that's what's really cool. It, you, they you wouldn't know. be frolicking and like. Here's the thing, though, I I think I could take Ghostface. Mm. Like that's the In one. In one, I could. I could take Matthew Lillard. Spoilers. I could take him. You could take him. I think you could take Street Ehrlich. 
Because mm. I was doing maths in my head and I've always tried to work out there's two killers. That's a shock as well. You always detect one. So when there was a reveal of a second one, it was genuinely interesting. I can't wait to talk about motives and opportunities later because yeah. there's some bullshit that comes out of it. They're not well put together, but but the characters, I guess, I guess, you know, that's a really good place to start. We'll, we'll talk, we'll talk Scream 1996 and what will go on to be a holy trinity of three characters that would appear in every one up until certain media. But we'll start off with Neve Campbell of Sydney, the ultimate survivor, mate. Starts off with this film, her mother's been dead a year, picked herself up, carried on. Then she is the murder of someone else, Drew Barrymore. So if we take that first act, if the film had just been that first act, I'd have been terrified, mate. Mm. I think the first act is enough of a horror on its own. Yeah. The, the, the opening, sorry, the opening scenes, Drew Barrymore picks up the phone, she's making popcorn. Never seen popcorn made like that. I know, as gonna, a Brit, as a Brit. I'm going to say, yeah. interested. Doing something different with popcorn. Never, <laughs> never thought I'd watch a horror movie and go, do you know what? I want to try it. But, but like <laughs> but like Jaws scare people in the water, when you're home alone... I'm scared you to pick up the phone. Yeah, you you know, if Tell the phone rang, if you were on your own about to watch a film or whatever, and the phone rang in the dead of night, and you've got all your your windows open or your, your blinds open, yeah. it would freak the fuck out. It would freak the fuck out. Yeah. There is... There is there's a generational thing now, whereas I will never take a screen film seriously because I just block the number. I'll be like, no thanks. Yeah, I don't even have a landline anymore. <laughs> exactly. I want to say because of Scream. <laughs> um, be terrified. It'd be scary though if it's like an insurance salesman. They wouldn't leave you alone. So no, please. Yeah. I'm coming. Game. Uh, no. <laughs> flyers for you. <laughs> so opens up. Is it, is it quite charming gentleman on the end of the phone? What's your favourite movie? They flirt a bit. Instant knife turn. It's like I want to know who I'm looking at. And he badges her for a name. Immediately, your skin crawls. It's like, she asked him, what did you just say? He said, I want to know who I'm talking to. We already know there's something sinister. One, because we just walked into a cinema. <laughs> the film's called Screaming, it's an 18. Mm. So we know something's not right. But the calmness of the call, the charming quality of it, the voice, which is Roger Jackson, I want to say? Yeah, yeah. Roger Jackson, voice. famous for... He fucking... I've read this. I'm sure he plays the dad in the Powerpuff Girls. I could be wrong. And he might play the villain in Powerpuff Girls. Very it's, famous. Oh, oh, Mojo Jojo. I think yeah, he does, yeah. This voice, this sultry voice that basically turns, if you hang up on me, I'll gut you like a fish, won't stop ringing it. I'll tell you what, something, Ghostface, mate, got impeccable timing to ring the phone. Every time she tries to ring 999 or 911, the phone rings immediately before she can end the last one. If she had some sort of mobile device, mate, film would be over. <laughs> She'd be fine. So Drew Barrymore did accidentally call the police. She did call the police, yeah. yes, she did, actually, because they gave her a, a, a line real phone. phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. Wes Craven, that little bit extra. Yeah, yeah. In what, and then basically, her parents come home, which is weird because she's planning to get banged by a boyfriend, but, but it's parents pre, are on the way. Pre Netflix and chill. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but she's getting that popcorn ready. I don't know. Let's not judge Drew Barrymore, but it, it, it is a sinister opening. You've got the, obviously the gutting of a fellow boyfriend. It doesn't hold back, does it? No, you've got the movie trip. Although, yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose as well, spoilers. This, it's not spoilers, the first. It's spoilers. not the first killing that these the pair had done. Because but they, I assume it's the first theatrical killing. Yeah, they've and done. that's a that's an entrance. It is an entrance. Gutting a person and then uh, <laughs> and then hanging someone from a tree and then pulling their entrails out. I'm gonna say now. So if we have a pro and con list, a pro great timing when to make a phone call because, like I say, she can't go through to anyone. It's always a phone. Uh, bad thing. Poor eyesight because he knows where she is. Goes into the room after he throws a chair in there. Can't see her despite the fact that she. You just saw her. You saw well, where she went. So this is the thing. So when I watch Scream and I still don't know, there are times when one of them is wearing the suit. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. And, but I do think at the beginning of that movie, there were two of them. One is outside oh. because he says, which door am I at? And I think the trick is they're, they're at both the, doors. Do you want me? You've just opened my mind because I was going to say, mm. what if she got that right? Like, oh, fuck, fair, yeah. fair play. I think, <laughs> I think later on, obviously, when they need to start creating uh, alibis, alibis yes. it works in the favour that only one of them ever puts the suit on. But I think at the beginning, there's both. They're both. Them. One is outside and you one then goes in. The and loophole, he, mate. He's flushing her out, side, yes. whichever way around it is. I imagine it's Matthew Lillard inside. And Skeet Ulrich on the outside. Matthew Lillard is quite clearly the incompetent one. Yeah, who who again falls over and all the, the time. There's a bit as well. There's a Scooby Doo moment later on in the bathroom of the of the school when he's in when for some reason he's in the lady's check. <sighs> yeah, uh, that's toilets. weird, isn't it? He's, and, he's, that and means she slides to, underneath him. <laughs> also, that means that in that scene he stood there in the hopes that maybe she'll show up. He's like, has anyone seen Stu? No, yeah. no right. I'm sure someone went and into he the girl's see toilets through the cubicle. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's weird that there's no one else there, but he knows that. I just like he sat there for. Hours, mate. <laughs> it's like she's going to call but, it to this. But then, but then is he? Because both the killers are outside of that toilet when she before she goes in it. I think that someone, one of the guys, it's implied that it might not be them. Mm. But she's like, no, it's definitely him. But also, right. But Sydney is a character. Going back, I don't want to get too far ahead. Sydney is a character. So we, she's got this pain. She hears him out this. Oh, actually, oh. One, one last point. Through mm. Ballymore is fucking spliced up as as the words scream appear on the yeah. on so, his horrible so yeah so she she asked for that role didn't she she, yes. she wanted to, she wanted to be the poster girl who dies and a big name and also they carry that tradition on because Jada Picknick Smith, Smith dies yeah. in the second one and Liv Schreiber dies in the third one I, I don't remember who dies in the fourth or the fifth one so that is a um, again it's, oh yeah the fifth one no one dies right, sorry carry yeah. on yeah oh yeah they don't yeah, yeah. but the um, bullshit again it was to unsettle audiences so they didn't know so the biggest name of the film dies first yes you know, Drew Barrymore came up with that idea, just changed roles, wanted to play the first victim. Works in its favour. Horrific death, horrible the, knife. I mean, knives are knives horrible, horrible in film anyway. Yeah. Um, also, by this time, we'd had Saving Private Ryan with one of the most harrowing death scenes, which is a slow stab. Yeah. So we as an audience already don't We're like knives. We're familiar with the <laughs> No, Saving Private Ryan comes out afterwards. Well, fuck you, Scream. Comes out in 98, doesn't it? Scream, Scream's picture. Well done, um, Scream. But, the, um, but it goes that extra layer of the mum then trying to call the police, but the phone's already oh, engaged. Raspy. And so she hears a daughter. That, that for me, rewatching it this week, was the horriblest bit. Yeah. Is the mum is worried. She picks up the phone and she can hear her through the telephone. That's the worst bit, I think, in that whole scene. Is Because I imagine that is, in life, that has to be one of the worst evils is, yeah. you, you know, experiencing your the passing of your child. There it's is, the wrong order, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's... Um, to, to lighten the mood, there is a nice bit where they come home and the popcorn's on fire, which makes me think, probably not get that popcorn because instantly... It's fire risk, isn't it? It's a fire risk. Yeah. Or at least you don't get that problem with microwave popcorn. I'm going to give it to microwave yeah. popcorn. <laughs> and that's this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Um, very graphic opening to a movie. Absolutely Quite relieved graphic. when it says scream and then the next scene is daylight. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> bit of daylight. Um, so I'm going to say this now. The greatest hero in this first film is a weird double door situation, which I genuinely don't understand. Now, what? Uh, Neve Campbell's going to get some from Street Ulrich or Billy, as we'll call him now. So it's yeah, going to be Sydney. Sydney Billy sneaks up, is going to get in there. And her dad, quite possibly the most suspicious man <laughs> ever shown yeah. in any film ever. <laughs> I've just got to leave the. It's the anniversary of your mum's death, but I've got to go for a I've week. Got to go out of Don't town. question it. <laughs> yeah. And she's totally like, yeah, I'll see you yeah, Monday. See you later, yeah. <laughs> Over this death quite quickly. But 
what we get now is he's so suspicious, we know he's there's nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> We've been trained to know that there's nothing wrong with the dad. But he tries to get in the door, but she's got some sort of other door. She's got yeah. double door, mate. <laughs> we, we need to foreshadow that Neil Campbell has figured out a way that no one can, can penetrate this door. <laughs> and continuity is required. Yeah. And um also this bit as well, you gotta you gotta think Skeet. Orich, I don't think he's accidental casting. He, he looks, looks very much like Johnny Depp from the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Again, it's the idea that Scream is going to reinvent the slasher genre by by luring you in with things that you're familiar with and then but twisting on it. And, you, you know, he looks very much like Johnny Depp he in, does. in that and first he, movie. Same he, hairstyle, same, same cheekbones. Looks definitely like a killer. <laughs> yeah. You would not be surprised. Climbing through the window, which is creepy. It's an, that's the American thing, isn't it? Can you imagine that in a council estate in England? No. What the fuck are you doing in my house? Get out. Also, if you could climb up to my second, where I live, well done. You yeah. deserve to get it. You deserve sex. And Come if, in. And if I was... <laughs> <laughs> if I, I was just using use the metaphor as well. It's like, I saw The Exorcist on TV, but they, they, they did the good stuff out. I was like, what the fuck did they show? <laughs> and he uses this as a metaphor. It's like, so I think we should fuck. I was like, mate, the guy's got... Skills. If he can be like, right, I'm, I'm going to go around Sydney's house and we're convinced to have sex, my argument will be the edit, <laughs> there was an edited version of The Exorcist. <laughs> I'm going to somehow get this to work. And fair play, nearly. <laughs> but I think, I think again, he's going around to give himself the alibi, isn't he? That's yes. why he's going around. That's he why needs he's a witness around. to say, you know, he because was with me f- that night. You find out as well that Stu also went around to his girlfriend, Tatum, yeah. later when she when he's asked where he was. I was so the Tatum's. clues are there, you know, yes. like, and, and I think what the film does is it points to Billy as the main killer from the square guy. So they can do something later. Yeah. Yes. And um, so, it, you know, it makes the payoff that there are two of them much more satisfying because I think the whole world knows Billy is the killer. Yes. Um, at the beginning of this movie when he turns up adrenaline fueled. Oh, the opposite. I was, oh, because of what happens. I was like, he's too much of a red herring. When I, when we'll get into it, we'll get into it. Anyway, well, it's a double to... bluff, isn't it? That's yes. what Scream plays on. It plays on the fact that audiences will know that he is the killer, and then they will double bluff it by going, "No, he isn't," by giving him an alibi, get, making sure that he's in the prison when a murder happens. So and it then they'll possibly make, him, and then I'll make another character even more suspicious that you think, "Well, we couldn't be him; he's too suspicious." And then, and then you go, "Maybe he must have been the most suspicious <laughs> yeah. dad in the world." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I also, if you're that dad, do you, you won't put your daughter in the room with the tree that with a branch kind of goes into the house. You know what I mean? It's like no. it's almost a, as if he doesn't know his wife was murdered a year ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if he's like, oh, it's fine. She'll be back soon. It's like, yeah. she's dead, mate. <laughs> she's- I, always, I, always, I always liked the TV show Clarissa Explains It All and Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, but I, I yeah, it takes a dark edge if you like give it a scream. Like, maybe he's trying to kill her. <laughs> but, like, was it Harvey? No, Harvey was in Sabrina. Harvey was in Sabrina. But, but that character in Clarissa used to go through her bedroom window with a ladder. Yeah. So the parents of Clarissa must be like, why is there a ladder down the side of the house? Or does he does he go on his bike to her house with, with a ladder? <laughs> At some point you say you'd leave the ladder. You go, could yeah. you just leave it there? But then why does he have to put it up all the time? Well, maybe she doesn't want like, you know. Maybe they're down the front door. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, why is, why is, why is, why is um, fucking Clarissa ever like, like, why is there a boy in your room who's like, oh, nothing's happening? So, why does he sneak in with his own ladder? It's weird. <laughs> I've never met him before. Let's save it for another day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do like this bit as well where we go to the school. And we get introduced to the, I suppose, the the high schoolers, the victims and the potential killers. Can I just say, worst group of friends in the fucking film. You've got Tatum, sassy, don't take shit, like Mm. her. Rose McGowan's character. Rose McGowan's character, Tatum, she's great. She's got an older brother, uh, basically an aloof fool in a deputy doing. Yeah, who 
Scary movie. They they they, they were hard on him. They were they? hard on him. But I would like to point out one of my favorite characters to come out of this entire franchise. He, he goes for a fucking character arc. In fact, you would argue the yeah David mm. Arquette, um, Gail Weathers, the reporter. Now, what's really great about this is when you read into what there was intended with the script, which I don't think comes across. So a year ago. Her mum dies. Gail Weathers comes to town to write a story and befriends Sydney. Then uses all of her words kind of against her to prophesize the theory that the person arrested, Liv Schreiber's character, Cotton, small cameo. Yeah, very small. Blink and you'll miss it, but does show up in a sequel. So there was a payoff, and I like that yeah. seeds planted, mate. Um, basically, she believes that Sydney's fingered the wrong man. <laughs> well, yeah, and the wrong man is going to jail and be gassed. Mm. But Sydney's hurt not just by the allegations but she also seems hurt that Gail befriended her and she's kind of like a betrayal at a time when she needed a motherly figure because hers had just been cut up a lot of backstory for there a slasher movie there is a lot of backstory movie. for a slasher <laughs> movie and then on top of that you've got a boyfriend Billy who looks like a serial killer um, Stu played by Matthew Lillard who is quite possibly the biggest dick you've ever met mm. and Jamie Kennedy when Jamie Kennedy was everywhere yeah like, before the Jamie Kennedy experiment before the Jamie Kennedy experiment which came the conclusion was no <laughs> <laughs> and so Randy's the film obsessed uh, well, he was, he's you or me in a, he's you if, me. if you and me were in a horror scenario that's ours we would be the ones going well, right, we don't do these things yes you know I've seen horror movies we don't do these things but there's a great bit so bear in mind it's nearly a year from when their mother died they all decide to stand there in a group and talk about how great it is that there's been another murder. Talking about, did you gut her? How, how do you gut someone? It's just like completely irrelevant to the fact that one of your best friends, his mother, that happened yeah. to them. It's and the, such the a thing dick of, move. The thing about, the thing about um, Scream being so, I, sp I suppose, meta, and they get more meta. As, as the Scream franchise goes on and they start to try and do oh, recalls so meta and, and remakes and reboots and, the, you know, the, Scream, though, I suppose you can get away with a lot of the dodgy dialogue. There is a bit where he's like, oh, Sydney, uh, I don't know if you know, but tomorrow's the anniversary of your dead. Just, just oh, talking exposition so that the audience members are like, oh, right, yeah, tomorrow's the anniversary. <laughs> just, but you can get away with it because this movie sets up the premise that this is a film that isn't, it, it's kind of mocking, but also celebrating the slasher. It, yes. it, it hits that balance perfectly of mockery, but, but uh, uh, celebrating and it hits the nail bang on with that that you can get away with some corny lines like that we haven't even started on Henry Winker as the principal but oh, fucking he is the embodiment of that can I just this is the point I was going to move on to now so there's a scene which we probably you don't really seem to discuss but they need to talk to her but your question is why because she goes in there and they go do you know her and she went Yes. And they don't ask any questions like well, where were you last night no questions are actually so two cops and Henry Winkler but to uh, plant them seeds Henry Winkler touches her back in a comforting way and then it zooms in on the sheriff who gives the most suspicious line mm. what just happened we're supposed to believe that Henry Winkler who played the fonts is the serial killer I know at no point do I believe that and there was a there was a there's a thing in it as well there's a voiceover where he's on a tunnel and he's like students this is your principal I love you <laughs> it's just so stupid and what's in real life he'd be like nonce yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, I do like also it's jumping the gun but leather jacket it is uh, there's a scene where Wes Craven plays Freddy Krueger oh sorry he plays he's dressed up as Freddy Krueger yeah, isn't he and at the same time Henry Winkler has a leather jacket in his, uh, in his cupboard in his principal office I love she like that yeah when, he's uh, got that can I just say as well so speeding up she becomes the new fixation of the voice on the phone and uh, 
a great kind of scene where he rings her up. She's all alone at night. She's fallen asleep. You have to isolate her. But also, her friend Tate was supposed to be coming around and she kind of falls asleep. Yeah. Which means that I don't know how, spoilers, Billy and Stu know this because they're not very good at thinking far ahead. But mm. they go around her house to cut her up, which is kind of weird because... Um, she shouldn't have been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I just I've got this image of them going. Let's go around her ass. Let's but just again, see. <laughs> does it? Does it? Does it? Is, does it play on the amateurness of them as killers? Mm. You know that they've 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 done a killing. You know, and, and <laughs> done what? It's gone quite well. Yeah. <laughs> so. you know, that, yeah. But I I I never found myself relatable to a teenage girl as much as Sydney coming home from school and having a nap. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. Not even in bed as well. Oh, yeah. She's just like, I'm not even taking my shoes off. I'm just going to sit on the sofa. I like that. And, I, I um, can have like that. And that scene, that scene as well, rewatching Scream this week. Also, you've, so you've got a very brutal killing that's long at the beginning of the movie. Like that, if you if you look at acts, the first, the intro, the prologue, if you like, yes. is very long for what happens. Yes. The end of the movie, the last 20 minutes is all in the murder house. Oh, so it's end. longer than that. It's nearly hard. It's nearly, yeah. it's, it's like one third of the film. The actual act takes place. All in that one all house. In that one house. So in the middle, I was quite shocked that uh, Sydney is targeted so quickly. I, I yes. thought she didn't come into contact with Ghostface till much later. But yeah. in actual fact, you're like, oh fuck, he's he's going for an hour. Okay, this could be a short film. And it does come across. I, I do like this bit where she goes out on the porch and she's like, well, if you because if you can see me, what am I, I doing? She sticks her nose and a finger. And well, she sticks like, a finger in her nose, but what did I say? Nose and a finger. I'll accept that. I love it. <laughs> and then. And then, and then, basically, he's like, "Oh, fuck off, Randy," because it's Randy. Yeah, of course it's Randy. And, and, Randy. Then, and then he literally just goes, Meh. "It's not Randy." And then, and the music's like, "Dun dun dun." And then, and then I would have returned. That's such a Randy thing to say. <laughs> it's, it's so Randy. <laughs> sure, so Randy. Randy. But then I like is that he bursts out of the the cupboard, like the, what I assume is the clothes rack. Yeah, was how long's he been in there? Stumbles around. Also, did she not hear him when she walked past him? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm gonna cut you. Are you in the house? No, <laughs> and this this is this is the the bit is it where she's just been on the phone. She's like, I don't watch scary movies. It's big breasted bimbos. That she should, should be, be running nine one one. And then the upstairs. very next scene, she's like, "Fuck upstairs," because I <laughs> know a door. But she's got a double door. <laughs> I know a door that I can lock. Can I just say that when she gets in there, and there is what I can only assume is sheer terror on the killer who can't kill it, just kind of like waving his waving his knife. Mm. It, it looked pretty cool. But then she can't get through because the phone's still engaged. So she thinks, and this is proper nice, that internet, yeah. I will dial 911 and weirdly gets through instantly. I mm. would argue that computers were better than <laughs> no pop ups, mate. She just goes, 911, the computer goes, what's your emergency? Man tried to kill me with a knife. But then obviously, Ghostface disappears and Billy shows up through the window because we've established he can do that. Mm. He heard screaming. She instantly loves that, holds him. Phone falls out of the pocket. Fucking, not even a Nokia, mate. That's a big school. phone, it's isn't a it? big phone. She's like, my God, mobile phones exist. It she's, was you. Yeah, she's like, you got a fucking mobile. Like, I didn't know this about you, Billy. Like, <laughs> you, like, just, <laughs> How long have you been holding this information for me? But it's weird, isn't it? Because if this movie was set, like, now, that would be a completely <laughs> yeah, normal like, thing to happen. Like, oh, your phone fell out. Yeah, there's your phone. Oh, I didn't know you got it. Mate, if a gun had fallen out of me, she'd be like, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got, like... A voice change. You get that for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking this film make no sense now. You imagine it was so really cold, like a yogurt fell out. <laughs> How long has that been out of the fridge? <laughs> you told me you were like toast intolerant. 
But no, that scene is like, again, it's point the finger at Billy that somehow he's quickly got his outfit off. I love that. Gone round the side of the I want to see that. I want to see him like going, right, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Just as he runs down the stairs taking his pants. But again, then it's got a really bad bit of dialogue where he's like, yeah, the police think I scared him off. Like, what, what, what? From climbing through the window? <laughs> she, so they, they end up in prison. And again, don't ask her any questions. Just like, we can't find your dad. <laughs> Worst police keep, in the Keep planting that seed. <laughs> keep planting the seed. That's obviously, he's so When did you see him last? Oh, he's going to like some sort of killer convention. Yeah. <laughs> he said, the jury's on the computer. He's like, yeah, I can't find him checking in at any hotel. So, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. he's the killer then. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should go on the internet and ask questions. I do like the Jew bit though as well. I felt for David Arquette's character. He does play him very, very he well. He does play him very well. As this film, he is aloof. He's not very yeah, good. Yeah, but there are those scenes in it where he's, he's the uncool older brother who, you know, probably has had a a fling for 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 her for Sydney. Yeah. Um he gets the girl at the end which is good and I thought that was a really good arc for that character. Mm. But there are the scenes where he's got you know Rose McGowan being like um cuz like she, she's up, like, yeah. he's like mom told, mom told you, you. <laughs> mom told you to be nice to me at work. And there's the scene where she when I wear the badge when she's at home and Billy's in prison she gets the phone call and yeah. goes guess you fingered the wrong guy again. And then he comes out, he's quite clearly been having a wank. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's like, Hello? what? Hello? <laughs> but then, but then in, in the in scary movie, he comes out the bedroom with the, with his, definitely with the hoover, doesn't he? Yeah. The vacuum cleaner. What I love about that is if the guy stayed on the phone, he's like, hello? Hello? <laughs> but S- um, Sydney there gives the phone back to her. <laughs> but yeah, that... that I, I do feel for David Arquette. It's crushing, that bit when uh, in front of all the all the friends, she's like... Yeah, she's like, oh, mom, <laughs> you know, like, you live at home, you, so, so you're not. But, you know, he's a policeman, you know. Yeah. And I do him. like that, but when, with the opposite to that, and this is how we know that Neve Campbell's character, Sydney, is the heroine, is that when she goes in, she's like, Dewey, he's like, oh, it's, it's Officer so and so right now. And then she corrects herself. And it's, you know, she's the good guy. It, it, yeah. it is good. It's corny, it's cheesy, it's laughable, but it does make sense in the screen world that it is. And, the, yeah, I mean, this scene as well is to really throw you off the Billy trail. Yes. The trail that the film up until this point has very clearly put you on <laughs> Yes, has now gone, ah, but he's in prison. He's in <laughs> so prison, so he couldn't, so he he can't do the next him. bit. Yeah. It's almost as if voice recorders weren't, you know, invented. <coughs> mm. Wouldn't need a certain person to do it though. I but don't then, know though why the principal is targeted. I know why the principal is targeted because they were in problems later on in the third act when all of these people were at this party they couldn't come up with a reason to get everyone out but keep the main characters there so mm. that they could be slaughtered. So they inserted this murder because they, they thought they needed a, another murder. They inserted this murder in afterwards to explain why the majority of people who don't end up getting killed go to. Yeah. Leaving the main characters there. So that's why they kill them. Now, I am certain there's an extended version <clears throat> where you they later revisit the body of Henry Winkler and he's on the football fields posts. I've heard that. I don't and think I've like ever seen it. And like, on because I remember as a kid thinking, how did they get him up there? Well, they're very not professional. But then sheer luck, mate. They fucking kick. But it him. makes sense not to show you that because then you it might put you on the sense that there's more than one of them, or yeah. he's extremely fucking strong, or whoever did it. And because um, I'm certain there was a bit where a group of kids are around, like school teachers. That's another thing to say. I saw this film way too young. I saw this film way too young. But it came but, out ninety six. So I, I, def- I didn't see when it came out. I would have, I would have been like nine when I, it came out. I was but, definitely in secondary school. Yeah, I think I, I think like, I may have been. It was before Scary Movie. Scary Movie came out in two thousand. I'm fair. I'm fairly certain I saw this with, it, and I, 
And I, a lot of people in my year saw this film. This 18, this hard 18, yeah. a lot of us It was saw a blockbuster it. rental. And two was yeah. definitely a blockbuster. I remember, I being, remember being around my friend Matthew Warson's house and, it, and his mum saying, what film do you want from Blockbuster? We were like, Scream 2. And she was like, is it a horror? And we were like, no. Clearly an 18. It's called Scream. Yeah. It's, a fucking, yeah. Yeah. it's fucking romance. Um, it's a rom-com with Sandra Bullock. But yeah, Scream was a big movie when we were growing up. Like kids like, have you seen it? Have you seen it yet? That in Sixth Sense, weirdly, in the 2000 as well. My dad one. randomly, uh, fucking, it's got another horror villain in it as well. Uh, rented us The Exorcist and The Negotiator. So I watched that with my friend Chris in the same night. That was a weird night. I saw The Exorcist for the first time. And the fucking phenomenal film that was The Negotiator. Mm. And then the real villain was Kevin Spacey. All along. Um, yeah, I, I moving on through the film, I, you know, we then get into... We, we, it's just steamrolls into this fucking Pisces. It's all heading to this massive Pisces. But before you get there, you have to get, you have to, you have to basically start <clears throat> setting people up. There's a great scene in the video store where Randy works because obviously he's the horror guy. Matthew Lillard comes and knocks all his fucking like D, uh, VHSs all over his place. I'm not being funny. When you look at all these characters, I don't see how they would have been friends. Yeah, <laughs> they're all assholes and they're all very unlikable. Mm. Anyway. Um, and then it explains there, he says, Randy, who's our um, narrator, mentions we should be looking at Billy's always the love interest. Mm. Basically, we've proven that it's not him. There's so more seeds. This is where you're supposed to think it's Stu. And I don't think they do a very good job ever of not explaining that it's Stu. And they, they spend the entire time telling you it's Stu because now he has no alibi for anything that happens. Mm. He just leaves the film at one point and then comes back at the end. And this film sets up, if when you watch it in the context that there are two villains on the second, they basically tell him why they did it. Mm. And they don't even hide it. They're very predatory. They basically explain to him. But then they go through the different motives of horror film. And this is really cool as well. Billy has an actual motive in his head. But Stu, at this point, isn't really sure why he's doing it. And that's really cool because they discuss... What's the motive? And he uses it's the millennium. Mm. It's really cool. And you got to remember at the time that the millennium was coming, no one really knew what the new world was. Maybe it was a new kind of thing. It's like, did we ever figure out why Jason liked killing people? Don't think so. It's really, this one scene does set up like these two are the villains, mm. but because we'd never seen it before, we don't look at it in that context. On the second time and the third time, we obviously know. It's, oh, he's yeah. basically telling Randy it, it's, that these two are the killers. It's a really important scene because Billy's planting the seed of the dads. Because yeah. he, he knows eventually when they frame the dad, he's going to need people like Randy, the influential people, the smarter people, who may or may not be alive by this point. Yeah. I know they certainly try to kill him off later on to back that story up. You're right. You're 100% right. The Matthew Lillard bit is, he's almost like saying, oh, he goes, Millennium Bug, I like that. Yeah. As if he hasn't got his own motive. Well, it's, which he what? doesn't at the end, because when he's asked at the end, he says, why are you doing it? He goes, oh, no, peer pressure. Now, which if, is an awesome line. If this film was made now, the scarier outcome would have been Matthew Lillard's character killing Skeet Ulrich or Billy. Yeah. And actually the one you needed to worry about was the one with no motive because yes. that's the true psychopath. Yeah. And that would have played into the Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees kind of I'm trope. glad they didn't do that. But with Billy being the smart one who's influenced a friend and brought him along for the ride, who was naive, manipulated, peer pressured into it, the scarier, more sinister spin would have been, no, I'm doing this genuinely for fun because yeah. I am that off my rocker. And I let Billy have this motive and I just like the killing part. Yes. That would have made Matthew Lillard's character so much scarier instead of being a bit of a goofball. Yeah. <clears throat> but we are jumping way ahead. Well, His well, death yeah. is then comical. Yes. Yeah, the TV on the head is, you know, is, is 
the silly outweigh that that character needed for given that he was the goofball peer pressure character. So basically what happens is there's more scare and tears. It includes some ridiculous ones, like you mentioned it earlier. And, but now we've got something different because in the olden days of, I did said Harry Potter and I have no idea why, Jason X and Jason, Harry and, like, what the fuck is the obsession with Harry Potter as a slasher film? He didn't kill anyone, James. <laughs> I know. He did. There was the fallen. <laughs> So there is um, all of these slasher. They're always like they're never. They're always quite nice. It's, oh my god, are you right? You survived. The children in this school are dicks. Mm. Like they dress up in these masks and chase each other around there. There's a scene when uh, Sydney goes to the toilet and there's girls bad mouth there going. She's made up for the attention just like a year ago. What a bitch? Yeah. And then they walk out. Mum was a slag and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. Like, and then Sydney has a bit of a cry and then. <laughs> And the serial killer's like, I'm glad I've wasted the entire day sat in his cubicle because now I get to kill Sydney, who I assume is in here. I haven't seen her. <laughs> <laughs> he just decides it. His mm. spider sense was tingling, so he gets out at the same time that she does. And they, they're going to cancel school. Cancel all, there's going to be a curfew. Now I'm going to tell you now, how much fucking booze do they buy that no one ever questions? And also, who thinks it's a good idea? They put a curfew in, so they're like, right, all the kids in one place <coughs> get fucking <clears throat> smashed off your gourd. Mm. Yeah. What kind of police people are doing this? Safety in numbers kind of mentality, isn't it? That doesn't work out, does it? But then they're kind of like sponsored because later mm. a policeman shows up with Gail Weathers. And Gail Weathers manipulates the shit out of Dewey in this to get closer to the story. Because I don't think she likes him at the end, but she doesn't like him before that. I, f- I think the film has a really strong third act. I so Normally the third act when the film like tethers, it gets very bloody, I, very violent. I would say this, the second act's quite weak because there's actually only one killing in it. It's. It's Henry uh, Winkler, Henry Winkler. In, a, in a nearly comical <clears> one. He keeps holding the mask in his arm and walking into mirrors like it's a piss take. Like he keeps seeing the mask in his hand. He does it three mm. times. And you're like, the final one is when he dies. And he's just like, oh, we get it. The jump scares are stupid. Yeah. And I like that kind of attitude. But then we do get constantly. Oh, the second, was well, still very good. I'd mm. like to point out. It's just, it does like, but the third act, you're right. House pie, nearly something like. Half an hour to 40 minutes in this one location. Also, what the fuck do the families do in this fictional town of Woodsboro um, to have these houses? Fucking drug dealers, mate. Because I know. not only does he have a house, he has a house with, with, with like secret entrances and shit. Yeah, it was just the size of that cat flap. <laughs> Rose McGowan thinks she can get through it. I'd like to point out, though, massive house, <clears throat> shitty garage. Shitty no, garage. No, no tools in there, mate. Or is no, it lovely fucking porch. just one fridge. <laughs> There's a boat because Sydney falls into it later. So it's yeah. a really well off house. Mm. And you're telling me they haven't got a fridge big enough upstairs for the beer? It's bullshit. Nah, no, it's bullshit. We learn, the, we learn the secrets. <clears throat> don't be, uh, don't ever leave a room and say, don't, I'll, be, I'll be right back. Never investigate a loud noise outside. Don't have sex. Yeah. Your chast must survive at the end. And he's basically giving you a blueprint because. Two characters now leave after saying, I'll be right back. They don't make it to the end of the film. We get, um, Sydney now forgives and understands that Billy couldn't have been the killer. So now I'm going to bang him. Yeah. But then when she's getting close, she's like, what was your phone call? No, that's afterwards. After she's given it up, she's like, so when, when was yeah, your phone Yeah, that's what call? I mean. After they've, after yeah. they've done the, the dirty. It's like, I rang my dad. It's like. But the police rang your dad. He's yeah. planting the seed again. Let's not let Billy off the hook just yet. Well, don't worry, because in 10 seconds we will let him off the <coughs> hook, because after she's had a bit of the pre-coital, mate, well, no, mm. post-coil, Ghostface walks in and stabs Billy. Mm. Billy's dead. Now, spoilers, Billy's not dead, but here's what I don't understand. She now runs away. If Billy held her down and the other guy came in and killed her, 
I don't understand what they get. What, what's the benefit of Billy pretending to be dead? There's no benefit. From stringing that along for another 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a perfect opportunity where they could quite easily kill it, but they're like, no, I'll pretend I'm dead. And no point, and no point to just go, why? Why don't you just, when you're in the middle of sex, stab her? Yeah. I, I, it's almost like the terror, isn't it? I think, yeah. I think Billy wants the opportunity to tell her why he's done it. If that's the case, though, why has he tried to kill her at the beginning of the film? Yeah, exactly. So it, it doesn't yeah, make it's, any not, sense. it's not perfect. It's, it's an not, idiot, it's not perfect. Um, yeah. Have a word, Billy Loomis, you <laughs> dick. Again, Billy Loomis, great character name. Loomis is on the man. name. And at this point as well, Halloween's on the TV and they use the Halloween score, don't they? Yes. She's walking through the house and there are scenes where she comes out of the wardrobe swinging and it's mirroring what's on the telly. You know, there's a bit where Randy's on the sofa. He's like, behind, look behind you. And he's not looking behind him. And th- this whole scene is... But the, the thing as well is the, he's, he's got to move quick to get to the it reveal does. because the characters are... We know that it can't be those people because they're in the room with other people. We know it can't be Randy. He's involved because he's downstairs. We know, you know, but Matthew Lillard has said, I'll be right back. It kind of narrows it down to two people by this point who it's got yes. to be. And the reveal is it's both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, or the dad but by this point no, I'm not dad. convinced it was the dad anyway but it doesn't matter how many times they go oh your dad hasn't shown up yeah. never was he on my radar never, never, was, never like, was on my radar because <laughs> like, anyone had the optimal opportunity to kill him gonna tell it's, you now it's the dad <laughs> gonna tell you now worst <laughs> worst killers and I really do like that when you talk about the amateurish so they stab Dewey in the back doesn't kill him they drive Gail Weathers off the road doesn't kill her they shoot Randy doesn't kill him so that's three characters that aren't dead. They're that. They're just not. cameraman though. Cameraman, oh, God. he's definitely. And dead. I'm going to put you on the roof. Bit extra. <laughs> Bit extra. But it'd be it'd be really cool when you hit the brakes and he slides down and he's like, "What I love about this is fucking go with fat shamer, mate. Every opportunity to put him down for eating food, she's fucking yeah. on it. That that whole scene does the mechanics of that scene work out really well. The hidden camera that's got the delay. Yes, that's good because the horror is you don't know you know that they're coming but you don't know where they yeah. are. So yeah, the doors open. Shit, they're already on the outside. That works as a as a scare. The fact that there's a car down the road, you know, and that's like, so what's that got to do with anything? And you can see all the clogs, all the pieces are getting ready for the final part. Yeah, I do. I think I think the last act is really really strong in this film, it's even though there are, and there is enough horror tropey bits like her escaping out the window and she falls into the speedboat which is cushioned and safe. The bit when she goes in the news van and she crawls through the little gap, then yes. she gets in the car, but he's got the keys, you know, and, and all of a sudden... I like that. Yeah. I thought that was really cool because in these day and age, you go to Central Locker, you'd be fucked. Yeah. And then, you know, but you can't break glass. <laughs> you know, that car doesn't look like the hardest car to get into. And you're right, some people that really should be dead oh, by this dead. point don't die. Yeah, I mean, Cordy Cox has got more laughs than a cat by the end of this movie. I've got to genuinely think that's one of the lines. <laughs> but it's a big reveal. So Billy comes downstairs. He's got his cuts. She's like, Billy, I love you. Billy's been faking it. Been used pigs, no, corn syrup. Corn syrup, yeah. It's what they used in carry. It's what they used in carry. We all go a little crazy sometimes. Directly quoting now, Psycho. Psycho, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Bear in mind that we've also got John Carpenter references. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Shoots. Randy. Shoots Randy. Takes one to the, to the shoulder. Yeah. And then basically she runs into the arms of Stu, who reveals that he's also the killer. Mm. And it's revealed that a year ago, they actually killed <clears throat> her mother. And the reason they did it was because... Bill, and this is where it gets a little bit convoluted, because it, it makes... Weirdly, it makes Billy look 
kind of like a bitch. Um, it turns out that she was a whore. Her mother was actually sleeping around with a lot of people, including Cotton, which is why, the, you know, he was also done for murder and rape, but it wasn't rape, it was consensual sex. I don't think then, we could say she was a whore. <clears throat> no, sorry, uh, sorry I was using his she, words, yeah, I apologise. Yeah. That she, um, she had many lovers. Mm. One of them was Billy's dad, and then Billy's dad... Billy's mum found out, divorced. Mm. I do. I feel like that's quite flimsy. But, but they dress it because then Matthew Lillard's character is like, it's the abandoned mother storyline. Yes. You know, and he basically like calls it out. It's like, yeah, we've seen that in Psycho. And like, we've seen that in Jason Voorhees. Exactly. We've seen it in all these characters. There's a great line here as well where they start talking about the media and the role the media plays and how it glorifies murderers. It's actually something that I agree with. And you get a great line. Now they have to fake injuries to each other so that they are survivors. Mm. And Billy is stabbing um, Stu quite aggressively, like he's genuinely quite containing. He's continuously stabbing him. Now they stab each other back and forth. They're like, don't go too deep. Just make it look superficial. Mm. But they really, Billy starts pounding him. Mm. Oh yeah, he does. And he says, movies don't create psychopaths. They make psychopaths more creative. And I fucking love yeah. that line. It's legitimately one of my favourite quotes from any film mm. and you basically realise that he's lost uh, Gail shows up she's not dead she has a gun she can't use it safety's on but when they turn their attention after they knock Gail out again turn their attentions to the ultimate survivor is gone disappeared bit extra she's taken the mask <laughs> she's also taken the voice changer and a knife <laughs> Just like I would have taken probably the knife. And a mobile phone, apparently. Because now she's yeah, calling the yeah, yeah, she can ring them up. Um, and she rings them up, and now she's become the, the stalker. She's telling them. Tables are turned. Tables have turned. But then she does this really good line as well, where she rings up, and Stu's like, keep her on the phone. Uh, sorry, uh, Billy's like, keep her on the phone. And Stu is dying. He's like, oh my God, I'm really fucked up, man. And he's like, well, when you get here, what are you going to tell the police you did it? And he then drops the, I don't know, peer pressure line. was mm. a great line. She ultimately gets revenge, kills him. It's, it's heartwarming, mate. It's heartwarming. She survives. And then they again go back to the tropes and they say the killer always comes back to life for one last scare. Mm. Billy gets up, shoot him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure that fucker is dead. Well, I, I yeah, so that's, um, there's a couple of things to digest with all that stuff is, there's also the scene just before the reveal when Billy walks down the stairs where Randy and Stu are outside and they're both That's like, it's him, cool. it's him, it's him. Yes. And she closes the door and you're like, it has to be one of them two. Yeah. I mean, Stu is the likely one, but Randy has the knowledge and the, the you know, the, the whatever. But but we've seen Randy downstairs. Yes. Into, so we know it's Stu by that point. We just yeah. hasn't revealed itself. The um, They never they never get Stu off the menu because I think Stu's not the, the shop. Yeah. I do think, as I've said, I think it should have been the other way that he, Stu kills Billy, stabs him too many times. Yeah. And Billy's like, what are you doing? And he's like, you've created, you know, I, I had this in me, but you've brought it out of me. Mm. And it would have been far scarier if it's, Stu was the final predator. It's final boss. Yeah, the <laughs> boss level. And actually the person that we've been pointing the finger at the whole time dies in such an odd way, you know what I mean, by uh, being cut too deep. It also, if we are going, and this is all over the internet it's at the moment. It's crushed by TV, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, Death by TV, and he's talking about the media playing a role in creating serial killers for glorifying violence, and it's their fault. He gets killed by TV. Fucking but does he get killed? Because this is all over the internet at the moment. That in the new movie, is Matthew Lillard. Now, he cameos in the fifth film. No, I thought it was but, Stuart. No, yeah, both good. are in it. Oh, I'd, Matthew Lillard's uh, in, at the party dancing in the background, and he does the voice... He's a voiceover as well. I apologize. Of like a news anchor or something. So he's, he cameos uh, in it in, in the fifth film. 
But there's a rumour going around that, well, if the rule is that they always come back for one more jump scare, which the film implies, and in many of the sequels that's happened, um, Stu didn't get his final jump scare. So is he actually orchestrating the whole thing? That would disappoint me. Is that would Matthew genuinely Lillard's disappoint me. Now, he hasn't shot them rumours down. He says he, he said in the interview, he said, I'm not in it, or am I? Like that, which... Oh, I hope he's not. I don't know. I, I mean, the seeing the trailer, you know, there's a, you can't judge a book by its cover. You can judge a film by its trailer because that's its point. <laughs> that's the point of a trailer. So we come for this from separate op- operations. I think it looks awesome. I don't know. It looks to me know. like all these like ready or not. Well, actually, no, I like that one. Or the, you know, like the escape room films. Yeah. It's gone to New York. Jack Bauer went to New York. That wasn't a strong series. That's true. You know, Godzilla went to New York with Matthew Broderick. What a good film. Um, I, I fucking, I really hate it. We're going to have to do that film one day. And that really upsets me. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, and you know, the bit where it's like the reveal is like this person, you know, he's got memorabilia from all the previous ghost faces. Memorabilia, mate, is fucking, I reckon it's, it's Dewey. It's not it's the Sinister Six, is it? You know, when he shows you all that stuff, it's like fucking hard to get do, all that. Weirdly, I do like the voice. And I love the trailer because I think the big name that dies at the end has got to be Courtney Cox. I'm I think you're almost right, yeah. convinced yeah. of that. Yeah. Because she's the last one. Uh, Neve Campbell's not in it. Neve Campbell's not in it because she basically, she says she's done, but it turns out there wasn't that much money in it. Well, she was because, in Skyscraper, and I think when you've done Skyscraper, there's nothing else to film. give, is there? You know, you've, I think you've completed it by that point. Um, I still don't believe she's a doctor. I, I, I believe The Rock is a, missing an arm. No, missing, a, missing leg, a leg, yeah. More than she is a doctor. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's what I believe. I uh, I, I think Scream 1 is a tour de force of... It's a brilliant slasher. I'm, it's brilliant. I'm really glad that that was our generational slasher, but I also think it holds up to new generations. And I think the the guys that and girls that grew up, you know, on the 80s and 70s stuff would have watched Scream and been like, fucking A. Yes. Imagine seeing that in the cinema was terrifying. And it's an 18. This is the other thing. When can you remember a Horrors, bona fide yeah. 18 film? You know, that... that that, I think this was the, maybe, maybe, I mean, when I saw it, I thought I was probably 13, 14. I think this might have been one of the last 18s that yeah. genuinely felt like an like 18. one of the last hardcore 18s yeah. that went out on a high. And I know there were yeah. things like, I mean, Passion of the Christ, I saw that, that was an 18. You know, I saw that too young. I went to cinema to see that. They didn't care back in the day. They didn't. I saw the rest of the day about buying eight, uh, alcohol and age. For my generation... They gave, easy, yeah. No one gave a shit. It's like if you had, if you were tall or a tiny bit of bum fluff on your lip, they just yeah. they just let you in. Same with the cinema. They didn't give a shit because no. you were buying stuff from them. Yeah. I think I think that was a hard 18 that I remember being like, that's, you know, pretty gruesome. And um, and I imagine seeing it in the cinema was pretty intense. I think Scream holds up. Not going to rush back to watch it. But amazingly, when I finished it, I immediately went on Sky Cinema and watched Scream 5. Before we get there, can I just say that? I just, because I know you haven't watched them, but I have, and I've watched them loads of times. I think Scream 2 is actually genuinely brilliant. Scream 2 was critically praised, wasn't it? It was. I um, like it. It's more of the same. It gets rid of some of the characters. The characters grow, more importantly. Dewey has now got some issues with his back from related has to it. It's he, made up, isn't it? No, it, no, that's why you get confused, because he does have it in this film. No, he doesn't. He, he does. He, he it's he a does what so he gets stabbed and he loses that parallel that, that yes. nerve ending. I, I yeah, swear because, I, because in the fight scene where he gets stabbed a second time in stab two mm. or sorry scream two he 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 has it otherwise so if he was faking it you're right in the, the film that you're talking mm. about he doesn't have it so the only thing I can assume is they fixed it <laughs> no he says in the film in the he, second one yeah he's, no, he no in the third film in oh the third, fuck that no one cares a shit in the third film 
he addresses that he doesn't have the spasm. And the reason being is because it, 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 because he showed up to town when the murders started happening. So to throw him off being a suspect, he created the spasm. Oh, well then he's an idiot because it's one of the things that led him to being nearly murdered in the second yeah. film. I, right. So second film, I'd like to point out, I like the storyline, how it goes. So the two killers, and that became a bit of a, an issue. Billy Loomis's mom, I'll be honest, I've stopped yeah. giving a shit about Billy Loomis by this point. But it's but the, Oliphant, coming back yeah. as an awesome, but basically... He's the opposite of them. They don't. He doesn't want to get away with it. He wants to become the next celebrity, murder celebrity. Mm. And what's really horrible about that is you see that now with mass shootings and things like people want in real life. People want yeah. to be recognised. So it's actually quite horrible that offline like, really captures this character. I hate it's like scream. The college is 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 in poor taste. But all the characters mm. are better. I really like Courtney Cox. I like a relationship with Dewey. Dewey's pissed off with her now, mm. and he's like he reads quotes from the book that's made her famous. Insert um, Liv Schreiber. I love Liv Schreiber. Yeah. He should be in more things. Basically, the man who nearly was put to death for the murder, trying to get his 15 minutes in fame mm. because uh, Britney, Sydney's got it all. So he's kind of like this jealous lover who's really pissed off. He's like, you nearly killed me. Mm. Give me 15 minutes of fame. But she obviously now has become the target of copycats. She wants out. I think Green 2 is genuinely underrated. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, so and, right. and Randy Randy's really good in it as well yes. because he does that whole sequels are never better than the original. Yes, so again, it continues that self mockery, um, you know, meta fourth wall break because he is the narrator. I think Jamie Kennedy in the second one, I was gutted when he went out. Yes, because I think he should he should have been the. I, I want to see what he did in the third one where he's like, don't worry, the third one's always crap. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? He could have really hammed up that third film. I think Scream 3 is a, a miss. I think it's genuinely Scream, Yeah, bad. Scream 2. Also, I, the thing, if you didn't see Timothy Oliphant as the villain, yeah. because he doesn't look like a student, I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> like, isn't it weird that Timothy Oliphant, in our timeline... In our in our lifetime, sorry, was a was a kid actor. Yeah. He wasn't. He's he always wasn't. been old. He's always, <laughs> he's been, always, been, a, old. He's always yeah. been a dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I like that second one, and I like the ending. I didn't like the Loomis thing, the mum, but it, again, yeah. it's playing. It's the reverse of Jason. It's the reverse of it? yeah, exactly. You know, the third one they go to Hollywood, yeah, but they're the making stab shit. In so this they one. start talking about so a film franchise has been created, but this one's so this doesn't make any sense. There's a massive hole in it, and we'll never get a chance to talk about this now so just give me a minute Stab 3 is a, is a prequel so it's about Sydney's mum's murder mm. but they're going to kill Cotton off and they're going to kill Gail Weathers but they didn't die in, I don't understand how you're going to do that Sorry, because they die yeah. in the order that they die in the film the big reveal in that one is that the killer is um, so Sydney's mother went to Hollywood to try and make it and was abused by an executive mm. which which when you hear this story and you hear the context of Dimensions films, you think, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit fucking horrible. A, it? Imagine Weinstein at the time was a little bit on the nose, isn't it? <laughs> um, so he's basically trying to get his revenge because he had, she had the love that he never had from their shared mother. Mm. It was a bit weird. And I'll be honest, uh, it was weak. It was very weak. I would have been happy if they'd left the Scream franchise there. Scream 4, and I don't think you've seen this. I have, but I have no memory Screen of it. Scream 4 is actually very clever. Because you keep the trilogy, you keep the three trilogy characters, or what they call legacy characters, out of it for as long as possible. Emma Roberts is being hunted now because she's Sydney's cousin. cousin. Mm. He, she's been hunted and she's basically the new Sydney. And uh, without going into too much, but the end, the, the reveal is that she's the killer with a partner mm. because she wants to be the next survivor. I really liked that. Like you'd be a killer because she wants yeah. the, the fame. She wants the stab franchise. 
and that's where they were going. And I quite liked that. As yeah. the motives go for a kill, I was like, that is different. Ain't, that ain't happening in any other film. I'll give you credit for trying something new. And this this is this is where it plays into, whereas one played on the idea of slashers, two played on the idea of sequels. The third didn't have any... It didn't have any point, didn't have a really. purpose to it. It became yeah. generic. It became everything Fucking that Randy it was... Randy appears in a video in it, yeah. for Christ's sake. Oh, yeah. If you see this, I'm dead. Rubbish. Exactly. Good. And um, <laughs> it's one of them films where... Um, the third one lost its meaning. It lost it, it lost the whole point. And those films came out so quickly because yeah. of the success. The 173 million that, that Scream made, Dimension Green Greenlit, five years it took to make that trilogy. It's too fast. It's, it's, it's rushed. It? The next one don't come out until 2011, so there's a lot of time between it. And it played on the idea of reboots, didn't it? Yes. It was the idea, the idea that of rebooting. there's enough of what you remember, but new stuff in there as well. And it and it didn't go after the the idea of fours or, you know, look at Friday the 13th part four or, you know, any, any fourth movie kind of stuff. It went with, this is what happens in a reboot and plays on it. And then the fifth one that I watched recently. So uh, we've both it, seen it this week. Yeah. yeah plays on now they say prequel a requel don't they yes a reboot uh, prequel but also a remake reboot and there's a scene in it that's so confusingly meta where you've got the new blood cast yes the veterans all sat in a room together and one of them becomes the randy and he's and later on in the movie she actually is on this couch that Randy was on in the famous scene in the first movie where he's like behind you like she becomes literally embodies that character like it's a remake yep and she's like is it a sequel or is it a remake and she's actually us where I'm like I don't fucking know because I've yes. got enough of the old cast and then they point to the killer and go you are the killer because it's you know the formula is and, and yes. he's like I'm not it fucking isn't it and if you didn't see that he was the killer my god you're dumb but wait, the the, the- Problem with that is he was obviously the biggest actor yeah. in that at the time as well, and also he's a Quaid, so he deserved it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it does. It, I I thought I thought I did I didn't think it was shit. The the fifth one. Oh, I quite like it. And it also calls itself Scream as well, doesn't it? Yes. Which gives it the idea that it's a reboot, um, but it's a remake because it's the same storyline. It's it the is. same ending. It's, it's even the, the same killers, location. It's the same house. It's yeah. a, it's a remake, but it's a what? Oh, it's confusing. can I just say I love the motives for them. And now I think we'll disagree. The motives aren't because they're related. So there's a really stupid thing about another character being related to Billy Loomis we, in a really stupid way, which means... Which makes it supernatural as well when he's yeah. guiding her. And I, he shows I, her with a knife is at the end of the I'll film. I'll be honest, I hated that. And it's like, yeah. and also, and I'm not having a go at Skeet Urich, he's not aged that well. So he looks like an old man. It's like, well, do you still owe age as a vision? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like that sort of aspect. Like, And also that means that, what, he had that child... Impregnated a woman when he was like what, twelve. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they 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 do get the idea when they go to the house party before Neff Campbell gets there. Sydney in the first movie, he is very flirty, isn't he? With other girls at the yeah. house party, so it does get the idea that maybe he's not loyal. She's obviously not ready to commit to certain yeah, maybe. things, and maybe he went elsewhere. But um, there's, I liked the 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 motive. I thought the motives mm. were really good, and it was a fuck you to slasher films that had, well, basically in a way, Scream had done it as well. It says that they really liked the Stab franchise. And it was so meta. It was meta within meta. They loved the Stab, Stab franchise. But they'd been churning out shit and they'd basically gone straight to DVD. There was no storyline anymore. So they were doing murders that would inspire the next film franchise so they could watch their franchise. And it's about toxic fandom. And I'll be honest, mate, when Dennis Quaid's son is explaining this to me, I fucking loved it. I thought, do you know what? As moves go, this is actually really cool. I really like it. And... The one thing they really do well in this film 
is I, I, they don't really use two of the legacy characters, but they make fucking Dewey go out like a fucking hero. Yeah. And he goes, he goes down, and I really like that because they gave him the respect. He goes down like a fucking blizzard of a man. I really liked that. Yeah. But you're right, he doesn't have any limp in this film, or three, four, or five. So I just thought the stabbing helped him. <laughs> I thought the second round of stabbing must have just helped him. It's, um, I think also it, it suffers somewhat slightly by a particular character in it who, um, it, where's Mike Madison? <laughs> no, Mike Madison is the other killer in it, yeah, who isn't unfortunately in this role playing to her strengths. Um, there was a really cool bit where she keeps crying at the end, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, oh, I was forced to do it, and then every time she gets the advantage. Like a weasel. I do. Yeah. Like, we haven't had a weasel serial killer. It's like, I'm sorry, you forced me, gets a gun, tries to kill him. And mm. then it's like, no, no, I'm sorry. But there's a there's a bit in the in the explanation bit, the motive scene, which is like, it's almost like a fail safe where if then critics pan it, it's almost like, yeah, but we had that scene which said you were going to do that. And therefore we called you on that bullshit before you even had a chance. I, d- I didn't find her too convincing as to... No, I could get why true. he was a killer and I can get the links that he had there. I hated that he didn't like her. <coughs> Does that make mm. sense? I really hated that. Um, like, if he had been in love with her but he loved the franchise more, but it's also implying that he's actually only with her. He's he's in love with the other serial killer. Yeah. They met on a Reddit fandom. Mm. But it makes more sense for me that he loves her but he, loved, he wants the story more. It would have been a better storyline. It would have been in your face. And seriously, the Billy Loomer shit, fuck off. I do not give well, a shit. That's where, where'd you go from it in that Melissa yeah, Barrier's character, Sam Carpenter's also, character. Also, he's a good guy. Like, yeah, he's redeemed he himself. He's redeemed himself because he reappears <laughs> as a ghost and goes, knife's over there. It's yeah. fucking dick. So I don't get where you go with the arc of that character. Now she's returning as is Jenna Ortega, the two sisters in it. Oh, so is the lady who got shot in the shoulder, the Randy character. She's back in it. Yeah. So, and, and characters from the fourth movie are in it as well. So Yeah, Hayden, um, uh, not Hayden Christensen. Sorry, no, the, he's Anakin, the, mate. Yeah, the, <laughs> the blonde lady. Yeah, she's, she. yeah. Um, so you've got like a mash of the last two films coming together for this one. I think the, the I will watch it because I'm interested to see where the Melissa Barrier character, Sam Carpenter's character goes because it's implying that the violence is inherited. Yeah. That her dad was a serial killer so she's got it in her because she kills someone in a very graphic way. Do you like that? Yeah. You know, yeah. almost in a frenzy in a, in a kind of... Don't you know, fuck with a serial killer's daughter. What's weird is that if I was Courtney Cox's character or Neve Campbell's character in that fantasy, I would have been like, it's a bit weird. Maybe yeah. we need to fucking George and Lenny this one, take her out back and be like, look at the flowers because you're going to grow up to be a psychopath. Fucking, I would love the explanation of that. If, you, if you're the police officer who showed up and they'd be like, what's happened here then? And then, and then she goes, oh, we lenny it. We saw <laughs> We saw what she did. We lenny And we've it. saved some trouble what, later what, down the what line. What you mean? She, she, she saved people's lives. Oh yeah, she did. So you shot her in the back of the yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. did that. Because yes. you should have seen how she did it. Um, <laughs> but that, that's a bit I don't get. You know, so the, the two sisters, and I know it's about empowerment and it's you know, it's the, the you know, it's a it's a great ending there. You know, we're kind of you, the, the four like the women kind of yeah. stand up to the the suppression of these you know horrific villains in in the film. But it, it has set her up as that it, you know. So what is she? So she's she's taking the viciousness of her father, but she's going to use it for good. Yeah, I don't get why so she's going to be serial killer. Kind of, she's Dexter. Basically. Yeah, yeah, she's Dexter <laughs> slash the Punisher <laughs> in this next movie. I just, I just fear that it's gonna be like all oh, these like escape room movies that have got loads of and Saw. Saw's I was literally thinking, were you thinking Saw? Yeah, yeah. Where it's become, it's become gonna get hyper violent with just these crummy like plot points. I've heard great things. I, I think it'll look good. I'm, I'm going in it weirdly 
more excited than I was about Scream 3 because I just knew Scream 3 was going to look shit because yeah. it looked shit. Um, I I love the Scream franchise. Even at its lowest points of three, I still quite liked it, to be honest. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about Courtney Cox's fringe in Scream 3. It, you see, there's Courtney Cox. Oh, actually, you know what? The, going back to Scream 5 that we were talking about, the acting's terrible at yeah. the end. It, they're... And I'm not having a go, but Courtney Cox and Neve Campbell aren't that good in it. No, no, they're not. They're, they're not, really they're, not. That bit where they walk out and, they, and she's like, oh, the killer's in there. Oh, it's like, do you want this one? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, you have it. And she's like, she's like, what do you think? Off. Red herring or, or yeah. Yes. It's, um, it's, I think they're too, those two characters are too in cheek, mm. too tiny cheek. But, but I'm going to say this, lovely ending and how they do service. Again, talking about the media that we live in and the, and like the franchise of, of bad things that we all kind of want to disseminate and send to everyone is... And it's really cool. They wanted to do this thing for like the Stab franchise. And so, what well, are you going to write this in your book? He says, no, I'm not going to glorify them. They're nobodies. They'll be forgotten by history. Mm. Instead, I'm going to write a book about the local hero that we lost. And again, it's about... Do you know what? I fucking love that. And I know it must be really difficult to work with your ex-partner on a film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but again, meta. It, that yeah, that yeah, works so. in the screen thing because when they see each other again and they're like, I should have caught, I should have done this... You can't, you, you know, Connie like, Cox is tearing up and you think it is very on the nose, isn't it? For her, very personal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I did, there were elements to it that I did like. I think, I think the world is right. Jenna Ortiger is, a, is, is, is great. She's the next big thing. Yeah. Well, she probably is I, I think, now. I think she's, she's great in, in this. And, um, I, I did like how the fifth one worked on that idea of, of, um, reboots even more so than the, the, the fourth the one, one, the did. reboot. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the sense that it, it gave you a lot of what you know, but put a new spin on it. Like, you know, the first person survives the horrific ordeal at the beginning instead of dies and perishing. You know, you have certain characters that survived the first time around that don't this time around. I, I think you're completely right. Corny Cox is going in this next film. Yeah. Um, it's the only natural progression, I think, for that. Gail Weathers can't continue. <laughs> can't. What else could you give to a storyline like this? But my only thing is, if they're not going to have Neve in it, are they actually going to kill off the last remaining member? Hmm. It opens a doorway for Neve Campbell to come back again, doesn't it? I but, guess it does. But, but but to be honest, every story kind of like just shoehorns them in and it's getting really bad at this point. I suppose as well, it's the... Oh, and that's the other thing about the fourth one, is it? It, always, it frames her up to look like, you know, she keeps, a, she keeps appearing when point. someone's dead and then yeah. the police turn up or she's looking like she's being framed. We, the audience, are never once convinced that she is the killer. Um, <gasps> Do you think it's her dad? <laughs> fucking full circle. I, I hate that it. when films do that when films do that where the villain in that the fifth one is the hero of the first one it's like because when you've been around death so long it makes you crazy it's like alright the only way you can make that work is that Neve Campbell is in Woodsboro Westboro and he's Woodsboro, doing yeah. and he's doing it because he thinks they're going to be copycat serial killers mm. that would make sense but he's wearing the opposite of the screen mask yeah. he's, he's naked <laughs> 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 and he's painted on a clown face he runs at you, bollocks swinging in the wind. That's enough to scare any man. <laughs> Mate, if someone breaks into your house, run at him bollock naked. Because what are you going to do? You don't want to risk that you're going to be caught by a bollock naked man. You'd rather just get out the ass. <laughs> there you go. Facts. I, I've, yeah, I love the Scream franchise. It's also made me want to watch the TV series, which I didn't see yes. when it came out. Yeah. Um, I might cinema this one, you know. I might actually cinema Scream 6. Bearing in mind, I haven't cinemaed a single Scream film. I've always watched them when they came on TV. Yeah, I was too young for the first one. I actually might go to cinema for Scream. My worry is that it'll be like the cinema in Scream 2. Just cocks everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking... Oh, that was all. That's that's my version of hell. It's that fucking opening scene from Scream 2. Just these people who won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. 
no, I, I I enjoy revisiting this week. Scream's awesome. If, you, if you're a horror fan um, or you haven't revisited Scream in a long time, do go back and give it a watch. It does hold up. It is as gory. Even if you know what's about to happen, there's still a lot of plenty of shocks. And it's it's enjoyable. It has rewatchability in that when you know who the killers are. Like I watched it with Emily this week. I was like, can you remember who the killers are? She's like, I don't. And I was like, oh, so you're going to get the reveal again. And, it, and yeah. She was toying between the two of them, and then when the reveal was at both of them, I was like, "That's cool, isn't it? That you know, you yeah. can see that again." But when you know who it is, there's, it, I think it, it adds a, a, or it warrants a second viewing because you see all the little detail that is there, all the red herrings that you're supposed to follow, the breadcrumbs that are led by Wes, Wes Craven and, and Kevin Williamson for this film. It's a shame that Wes Craven. I think he would have done a really good job on these next few. He hasn't done the last two, has he? No, because he's no. unfortunately passed. Um. Yeah, I mean, we talked about everything that I wanted to with it. I think um, the only other thing to say was, it, it, do you know, it was it was, it was was surrounded with a lot of controversy. There was a lot of copycat killings in real life. Between 96 and 2000, there's at least four, in, between 94 and 2002, there's at least four horrific killings where people wore the ghost face yeah, mask yeah. and and, and um, linked it to the films. Like, so it, it wasn't like the medium saying, oh, yeah. they, they watched these films. You know, like, like he had a Marilyn Manson CD that must have done it. Yeah, these are actually people that went. No, no, I did it because I watched those films and I wanted to be as famous but, as those guys. But I, that's not that's people blaming stuff. That's that's something that I'll never agree with. Mm. I don't think you can show someone. I watched the film Avatar. I even blued myself and gone loving on a fucking no, alien the, planet. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you're right. You, there's got to. You know, there is there is a, a limit. I've, but the, the, I think the the thing with it was the controversy. I suppose is because all of these were young teenagers. Yeah, they were not old enough to have seen the film or shouldn't have seen the film at the time. So the, yeah, it, it, and and you know what that 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 raises questions because you and I saw this film too young. But mm. but as far as I'm aware, well, we don't talk about that, James. We haven't hacked anyone on. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's uh, we need to go out back in a minute, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm being Lenny. <laughs> if I'm not on next week's episode, you know what? <laughs> that would be really odd. If you actually, it's what you having to in the next seven days. Yeah, you, you, you just for you and this podcast going, no, <laughs> he's, he's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love revisiting it. If you, if you haven't seen it for a while, do go back, let us know what you think. Uh, that's our show for this week. We've just covered Scream and the uh, and a quick look at the franchise also let us know is the TV series any good because I, I do think I'm willing to give, okay, it, a go. I give it a go I'm just not I, I don't know I just I don't know, stabbing time? stuff is yeah. never something that I'm really interested in I just think it's the most horrible vicious unpleasant I, don't, I know there's a lot of ways to go but <laughs> but it must work as a t- I think it might work more in a TV series because you'll be able to have more threads more red herrings because and also you know for a fact you're going to get death in the opening act, you're going to get death in the middle of the act, and you're going to have a blood slaughter at the end, because that's how horror films work. Mm. In in a TV series, you could have a death at the end of the first episode, you could open with it, you could have a death in the third episode of a character you don't think is going to die. I think TV series would actually give you more open reign to play around with mm. the format, if you will. Yeah. So I, I, well, I'd welcome a watch, if yeah. it's only good, if it's shit, I'm probably not going to watch might give, it. I might do the whole free episode rule, give yeah. it free episodes, see how it goes, but... Um, yeah, that's our show for this week. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I'll be right back.